Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I could get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. We talk a lot about how parents are really important role models for their kids. But what about parents themselves? What if they didn't have a good role model on how to be a parent? Historically speaking, fathers have been more absent from their families' lives in the past than they are today. Dr. Bruce Robinson is a professor of medicine at the University of Western Australia and is the director of The Fathering Project, a non-profit organisation helping dads become the best fathers they can be. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Hi. Why did you start The Fathering Project? I started it actually because uh, in my role as a doctor, I have to break bad news to dads quite often, to be honest, and then... uh, do the journey with them of cancer when they're uh, dying and they just always when they talk about their life reflectively say I wish well they say two things firstly I wish I'd spent more time with my kids but more painfully they say when I was young work seemed just incredibly much more important than it ever turned out to be I wish somebody had told me how I could be a better dad right back then when I had a chance and it wasn't too late. And so we started the Fathering Project really to do that. Would you say it's true that many dads who are parenting today had so-called absent fathers when they were growing up because of that historical expectation that the father would go out and work and the mum would stay home? Yeah, I think there's a few issues like that. That that is true, that dad saw his role as breadwinner and mum as the parent. And so uh, they don't have a good role model of a nurturing, loving dad. But even then, even if dad was more involved, the thing is that dads today who base their fathering largely on their own father, they just don't know how to handle the things that are facing kids as they grow up today. I mean, cyberbullying, uh, teenage depression, obesity, preteen addiction to pornography, methamphetamine, these are things that dads just look flustered and confused about because no matter how good their dad was, their dad just didn't have to face it, nor did they probably. So uh, it's a very difficult uh, and demanding job for dads. And if they don't get involved, of course, they give the opposition a free hit. I know what you're saying in terms of there being new things for dads to deal with, but even at the very beginning of their lives, I see this massive disconnect because their dads weren't involved with them. Does that resonate at all with you in terms of what the work you've been doing? Yes, it does, because, you know, in the end, we are copiers. However, I'd like to speak a word of encouragement into the lives of dads and also any mums who are listening who know that their kid's father didn't have a good role model, and that is the Fathering Project has been spectacularly successful at transforming the view of those dads because all dads love their kids. You know, the way to a dad's heart is through his kids. And once they, they are faced with the fact that, number one, they're important, and then number two, that they learn what to do, then they, they can change. And we've seen lots of examples of that, but there is no more spectacular example than a guy here in Perth who passed away recently of cancer. I was at his funeral. He was a wonderful dad, and his two daughters just uh, endorsed that. Right from when they were born, he, he was a wonderful dad. But here's the thing about Tony. He told me that, He had no idea how to be a good dad. His own dad died when he was eight and he had no role models, no father figures, no grandfathers, mother didn't remarry, nothing. 
But here's the thing about his dad. His dad wasn't just a bad dad. His dad was a serial murderer. The last man hung in Western Australia. Wow. He was the pariah of the city and he was emotionally abusive. And here's the point. Tony had his first daughter and he said, you know what? I choose to break the cycle. I choose to be a loving dad. And although I'm, you know, hurt by my upbringing, I choose to be different. And he was a wonderful dad. And one of his girls, Ella, said to me, you know, it's funny, Bruce. He chose to not be like his dad, but our dad was so wonderful. We choose to be just like him. And I reckon after a guy like that, there's no excuse for any dad. You can break the cycle. You can learn how to be a good dad and turn that love you have for your kids into actions. And the Fathering Project's main role, I think, is to give dads actions like dad dates and all sorts of things we tell dads that work. So going back to what you just mentioned a little bit earlier about um, all the demands that are on dads today that may not have been there previously, do you get a sense of how dads see their role in the family? You just mentioned that one of the first steps is to realise how important they are. Is this a message that isn't getting through to dads? That's a great question. I think it is more and more now. I think in my dad's generation, they sort of thought they were important for sons, not daughters. My dad, I don't think, realised how powerful a voice he was in the life of my sister, you know, in terms of whether she felt beautiful or competent or how she should relate to boys, etc. All those things that a father-daughter relationship gives. But he certainly had a sense of his two sons and you know, the importance of that. But I think nowadays dads are becoming much more aware that they are more important. I mean, society's telling them that, and we're one of the voices in the fathering project that does that. I mean, our strategy is, as an FYI is we go out to schools. So schools invite us to go and talk to the dads, and then they form a champion dads group, and then they just keep meeting all the time. So we're in hundreds and hundreds of schools across Australia now, and hope to be in every school within about five years. And what happens is that the dads then get together and they learn not just that they're important, maybe for the first time they realise that, but they learn what to do. Even if they're not even living in the same home as their kids anymore, they learn what to do and what works. Is part of that what you're doing, um, encouraging conversations that might not have come so easily before? Because I don't know, I'm a woman, I'm a mother. When I speak to other mothers, we very naturally talk about parenting, compare what we're doing, what works, what doesn't work. Is this a conversation that is reasonably new to men? It is absolutely new. But, you know, it's I'll tell you a beautiful sound I hear in the Fathering Project is when you get a bunch of dads and they come to the school, the fathering project, the kids might be like four years of age, two years of age, maybe a little, you know, baby, whatever. They just, you know, they just start at the kindy end of school or preschool. And they get come to some dad's barbecue and, and look at one of the fathering project videos or one, whatever, and they've never, ever talked about anything other than footy and work and all that stuff. And then there's this bunch of guys saying, well, what do you do? What do you do? And we get them talking in the room. And honestly, they start chattering away. And it is like a symphony, of a wonderful symphony of music. And the idea that men can't talk about this stuff is not correct because they do love their kids and they want to be good dads. And when I look out at a sea of 100 faces in a fathering project meeting, it moves me deeply because they're only there because they love their kids and they want to be a good dad. And that's why they start chatting. It's not natural to them, but they can get into it very quickly. And they also, like typical men, become task-oriented very quickly. And the next thing you know, they've got a whole different peer pressure 
not to work, <laughs> but to be the dads who are, you know, out of McDonald's where their little four-year-olds having a dad date. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking to Dr. Bruce Robinson. He's the director of the Fathering Project. We started off talking about um, the impact role modelling has in the lives of dads today um, as new dads if they didn't have a father figure. We've kind of moved the conversation on from that. We're talking about um, what it's like to be a dad today and I guess the changing expectations of dads and how they can engage in the role of being a dad and how important that is. Bruce, when you talk about the conversations that dads are having, and I mentioned that for mums, I know that we swap stories and work out ways of parenting that work for us and our families. Is this one of um, the ways men are learning about parenting? I mean, we're all learning, right? Mums and dads, all of us are learning. But when you say men need to learn how to do certain things, is peer-to-peer conversation, swapping stories, is that something that works for men? It does, but men, uh, so for example, men learn how to be a a good parent in a different way to mothers. So for example, I've noticed that parenting books, well I was told actually by my, when I wrote my first book by the publisher that books about parenting tend to be read by mums and it's all very well to write a 200-page book for men, but they're not going to read it. So <laughs> Fathering Projects worked out exactly how to get to men. And one of them is we wrote a little book. They call it the Dunny Book. It's 30 pages. It's <laughs> men dot points and stuff. Not to insult men, but just they sit it. It's in the Dunny, and they, you know, they go to the Dunny, and they just look up whatever that day is, the 10th of day of the month, and look up page 10. And we have a huge internet presence, and we email once a week, a tip once a week, um, but really, yeah, it, there's a lot of peer-to-peer stuff. So if you can imagine uh, you go to a school, even a low socioeconomic school, you might only get five or ten dads volunteering. But then those five or ten dads start meeting and then they start scooping up the other dads. So in walks Peter the plumber to kindy with his four-year-old son, you know, holding his hand. And Peter the plumber thinks that's his only job. From then on, it'll be up to mum. But he's scooped up by the champion dads group. And now Peter the plumber starts coming to these events and sharing information and and the next thing you will see is Peter the plumber there with his four-year-old having a date at McDonald's a month later and then you'll see him a month later having a date with his 18-month-old daughter because we say you never it's never too early. There was an article um, I read about from a dad writing uh, his headline was something if your life hasn't changed after having children you're not doing it right um, and he made reference to many of his peers who will have a baby and then expect life to go back to how it was they'll expect to be able to go out late at night and have weekends away with the boys etc and I, I definitely see that anecdotally around me. Is part of the involvement of dads in their families' lives, does it come down to, I guess, maybe societal expectations as well or peer pressure? Their mates are saying, this is what we do. I mean, you're doing the opposite, right? You're bringing men in together with friendships to encourage them to be more involved dads. But does it work in the opposite way as well? Like men look to their peers and say, well, he's going off for a weekend away. Why can't I? You've raised a very important point because... I don't see why you can't go for a weekend away. This is what the Fathering Project says. Guys come along and say, you know, I have terrific work-life balance. I've given up time with my mates. I've given up this. I've given up that. And I work really hard, but I never miss a soccer match. And we say, but what about your own inner life? What about your life with your partner? And we say, 
work-life balance is not work plus parenting. It is having a rich and full life. And it's a good role model for kids, for example, if dads have a weekend off with their mates because kids need to see that my dad is not just my dad, but he's also a good friend to his mates. One of his mates has got, you know, his left, wife left him, he's got cancer or something, and my dad's there for him. But also, we also say that the mum needs the right to go off for the weekend with the girls as well, with the ladies as well. So you need to be willing to look after kids for that weekend or that week or that three weeks. My wife came from England, so she used to go away all the time, and I love looking after the kids. So I think dads who just become dads is vitally important, but it's not the only thing that's important. So get a rich and full life, but not to the exclusion of being a good parent or a good partner, but in addition to work it out with your partner exactly how to do this. Then you role model for kids a rich and wonderful and a fulfilling life. Is part of the problem as well that we're not as aware as we could be that parenthood is a lifelong journey, that it's something we enter into and it changes all of us. Mm, it's a very good point. It's a good point. And I think some dads are a bit shocked. The funny thing we've noticed with the fathering project is you get dads who are shocked and then they might go to a fathering project thing where you say something that you should do something, like you should take your kids out regularly on a dad day. You should do this, you should do that. And then there's this, this should-to-want transition, which is they start taking the kids out on a dad date one-on-one because we say they should, and they think, oh, this is terrible, I didn't expect this, you know, why am I doing all this? But it doesn't take long before they love it so much that then they are hooked and they wouldn't have it any other way. But until someone said you should do this, then they don't do it. So it rattles their cage initially and then they love being a good dad so much and being an involved dad that they wouldn't change it for quids. Absolutely. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. That was Dr. Bruce Robinson. He's the director of the Fathering Project and they've got lots of information on their website. Just head to kindling.com.au and search for Fathering Project. It'll come up on your website with all the links you need there. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.